0: Welcome to the Conscious Living Podcast, conversations to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. An uplifting and inspiring series of conversations and talks with your host, Jackie Woodside. We are educating minds, empowering lives, and enlightening souls to create a world where love prevails. In this engaging podcast, we deliver exciting, positive, transformative talks and teachings designed to elevate your life. Now, let's join our host, Jackie Woodside, for this week's session. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for being here again for another episode of the Conscious Living Podcast, where we are here to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. I'm Jackie Woodside, as always, your host and the founder of the Conscious Living Podcast. You know, I just love having these opportunities to meet with thought leaders and authors and coaches and speakers who are as passionate as I am about raising consciousness on the planet helping humanity move from kind of the lower levels of stress and and survival and just getting by and life is hard to the more expansive levels of consciousness where you recognize that life is beautiful and magical and I can create the conditions of miracles and flow in my life through aligning how I think, how I behave, the relationships that I manage and and just the, the way of being that I cultivate in myself, in my life, and then the ripple effect of that that goes out beyond. So thank you for being here today as I bring to the Conscious Living podcast an extraordinary, profoundly uh, deep-thinking thought leader. That's the kind of person that I love being around. Dr. Paul Ward is the the author of several books, one of which we are going to talk about today that he is just releasing, Midlife, New Life. I can't wait to hear about that because that's kind of where I am. So we'll talk more about that today. But Dr. Paul Ward calls himself the Consciousness Whisperer, which I find just to be a really cool acronym for name for himself. And he's committed to awakening consciousness and human potential in himself and his clients. He has a long and successful resume and and many, many roles. He's a leadership coach, director at the Global Center for Conscious Leadership. He's done a lot of work around conscious leadership and has another book around that title. So there's so many things that I could say about you, Paul, but why don't I just stop there and turn it back over to you to, uh, to welcome you and let you say a little bit more about yourself so our listeners can get to know you.
1: Yeah, thank you, Jackie. It's a delight to be uh, to be with you today. Yeah, I don't know really what to add. Um, I'm uh, in Florida right now, but I spent half my time uh, in Portsmouth in England, and that's where I started my career. So I had a 30-year career in consulting, management consulting, and uh, now divide my time between England and Florida. So nice. uh, it's, uh, and with the, the advent of Zoom, that means I can continue all my work with clients, with uh, my university um, leadership, um, professorship, and all of those things without being uh, tied to a particular desk. So I'm very privileged in many ways uh, to be able to, to have that life.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure that you are a blessing to the students at university and to all of those people that work with you on uh, developing and providing conscious leadership to those around the world. So I'm excited to dive in. But today we're talking about a little bit of a different topic, not so much conscious leadership. Maybe we'll do another episode on that at some other time. But you've got this brand new book that's just coming out called uh, Midlife, New Life. And what's the subtitle again?
1: So it's Living Consciously in Midlife and Beyond.
0: Living consciously in Midlife and Beyond. I love that. You know, uh, it's kind of kind of where we're at. So there's a lot I want to dive in about. It's such a great topic and a great title. What is it that had had you find interest in diving into how to live consciously at midlife?
1: Yeah, and and the book really has a, a long um gestation. Um uh, I uh, I came across uh someone who's become a good friend but um But Howard and Marika Stone wrote the book Too Young to Retire just over 20 years ago. And uh, I met Howie uh, in here in Florida. He lives just only a few miles away from me here. And uh, he was running facilitator certification classes, and I joined that. come forward a few years and I acquired all the assets of the organization Too Mm -hmm. Young to Retire. So we Mm -hmm. have a company, Too Young to Retire, and it's the numbers, number two young, number two retire. And uh, and so that was my sort of part of the journey into um, being Too Young to Retire and this whole idea of midlife into later life. And so having acquired the company, uh, part of the deal was to write a, a second edition of that book. Uh, as it turned out, we, uh, we didn't do that. Uh, we wrote a, quite a different book in many ways. I wrote the Conscious Leadership book and then came back to this a few years ago and decided I didn't really want to write it on my own. Um, I'd like to do it as a collaborative. Uh, and so we have a, a large mailing list on Too Young to Retire. And so I invited uh, people to, to join me on the journey. And so Eileen Caroscio and uh, Sandy Demarest are my co-authors, both of whom have been through the the certification training as facilitator certification training. And so, yeah, we uh, we joined together and uh, have had a a writing journey that uh, comes to fruition uh, right now.
0: Oh, that's so great! I, I love that you did that as a collaborative effort, and not just you know producing another book yourself. That's really awesome. That's uh, it's. I, I think it's harder to write a collaborative book than it is to just sit down and bang it out yourself. So good for you for doing that. You know, uh, people are not only living longer; lifespans tend to. Although here in the U.S., since right before COVID, our lifespans actually decreased because of the increase of um, overdoses, suicides, uh, addiction in the US and then COVID hit. So in general, let's say over, over over the past many decades, our lifespans have increased, except for the past few years, our lifespans have increased, but also our health spans have increased. People are not only living longer, people are living healthier for longer times. So, how did you come upon the notion of midlife? What does it even mean uh, at, at this phase of our evolution?
1: Yeah, midlife is changing. It, um, right.
0: Yeah. I mean, it used to be like if you were in your mid thirties, it was kind of midlife, right? Back a hundred years ago or so. Yeah, well,
1: that's true, too. Yeah, that's true. But I think also in terms of the way we think about it, I think sort of in the last, I don't know, 20 years or so, people would think about midlife as sort of maybe 40 to 60 years old. Um, But as you say, people are living longer. And as we live longer, then our middle life is is expanding um, Chip Conley was—he—he's uh, written the foreword of our book, but he's only just launched a, a book called "Learning to Love Midlife,"
0: nice. and
1: I—I uh, I, I listen to him nearly every day. He's on some podcast or some um, uh, TV program um, launching this new book, which is, has only just come out too. Uh, And—and he's—he really has, has uh, helped, I think understand midlife today. And he talks about uh, midlife really being from sort of the age of 35, really up to say 75, if you want to define it by age. And of course, it's really a stage of life rather than an age, but it helps to think about it as an age. But he, he thinks about it as early midlife, which could be maybe 35 to 50 and then later midlife which may be 60 to 75 or even beyond Mm -hmm. and then there's that space in the middle of our 50s which is actually quite transform, can be quite transformational but it can also be quite challenging And that's in some ways the way we've come at this writing of this book is how do we overcome some of the challenges that we face in midlife and whether whether it's at 35 or 75, in some ways, not that important. Although I do think there is that period around our 50s, plus or minus, where we do go through some transformations, some because of circumstance. And some because we planned it that way and our our whole philosophy is think about it ahead of time and plan for it we don't know how long we're going to live but at least plan for you know what what we want to be doing in later life so that that's part of the the story of midlife of really starting at maybe 35 going through those early stages of midlife the core where we're transforming and then into the later stages of midlife, where we still have a lot of energy physically, and you talked about the the sort of health span, and we talk about it in the Living Well chapter of the book, health spans. And the challenge of health spans is that our health spans are often shorter than our lifespan. And so we need to be thinking about that. Um, But certainly as we get to those later years, our physical body ages. And so, yeah, do the things you really want to do when you can.
0: Yeah, exactly. What are the challenges that you think about when you you, you said the challenges of midlife? And, I, you know, I'm wondering what are the challenges that you see or that you think about uh, with midlife. I, I, you know, I'm there. One of the ones I think about that leaps to mind as being part of the sandwich generation uh, with elderly parents and, and younger kids. So that's, and I, a number of my friends are in that space as well. W- what kinds of challenges, both external, like I just identified, but also internal challenges do you see with the different phases at midlife?
1: yeah so it's a good question and it's uh it's a there's a lot of elements to it and in fact, that's really the way we've designed the book uh we we designed the book to have chapters on the different aspects with the different challenges that we all face and we all face different challenges, I think and you know we talked about health, I mean health can be a challenge. We're often surprised by things you know health is uh something we Appreciate when we have it, but a challenge when something doesn't go as as we expected. Uh money, money is a huge issue, particularly as we look forward. You know, do we have enough? What is going to be enough? Uh so again, that's a that's a, a chapter in the book. How do we how do we um how do we manage money? Yeah. Uh, both from an internal journey and an external. I think that that's another part of the thinking is that we have to do the internal work before we really start to think about the, the practical aspects of, uh, of of money, particularly. Yeah. And then the other aspects. I, I won't go through them all. The book has eleven chapters, but uh, but in relationships, you started to talk about relationships. There, relationships change as we go through midlife, particularly as aging parents pass, children go up and leave home. And our, our um, personal relationships change. And managing that is, uh, is a challenge. Our work life changes. You know, yeah. We have, have different careers. Maybe we transition out of a full-time career. And people are working longer. Maybe not full-time, but they're working longer. So we talk about um, working for fun or for fulfillment and working for a living. You know, We have to work for a living, some of us, um, as we transition in later life. Maybe we can work for fun, work for fulfillment. Uh, and there are a number of other aspects. I wouldn't go through the whole book here, but mm. there are so many different challenges. And I think the way we've designed the book is that uh, readers can drop into a chapter that's of interest rather than reading the whole book all at once, which mm. you could, but um, the different chapters give you the opportunity to just dig into uh, the different aspects of uh, of. of. Yeah, health, money, relationships, uh, where to live—all uh, of those aspects.
0: You know, when you're talking about health and money, I, I think a lot about the intersection of the two. That you could mm. feel like you're in in you know pretty good stead financially. You've done all the right things. You've put the money away for you know your your post employment years when you're not earning a living, and yet. So many people get hit with health challenges, unexpected health challenges that can often, you know, really eat into the financial well-being or the financial nest egg that people have set aside. So, any thoughts on that as you think about the midlife process?
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's about looking forward and saying uh, what's important for me looking forward. Uh, so here in the U.S., you know, we do have Medicare as we get older. We do have some healthcare, but it's still expensive. Other countries have um, national health systems. Yeah. Uh, not all that work effectively. Uh, you know, the national health system in uh, in the UK is. I mean, it used to be the the, the ex- excellent place to get your health uh, cover. Now there's just long waiting lists. It's still a great resource, but there's long waiting lists. So every country has uh, has different issues. But certainly here in the U.S., uh, the financial burden of uh, healthcare is significant. And so, again, looking forward uh, at the right stage of life to say, what do I need to be attentive to? What do I need to take care of? And part of that is a financial plan. You know, yeah. what do I need to look forward to? So, taking into all those things into a consideration and with so many of us living into our 90s and beyond, you know, we used to be able to sort of think about that as a quite a, maybe a not too long a distance, but now we're all, all many of us are living long. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a huge issue of both our health and what happens towards the end of life as our, as our health declines.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm in an an interesting phase right now, Paul, where I'm solidly in midlife and, uh, you know, have worked with a financial planner and creating our financial plan for post-employment life. And all of the articles that I read, all the information, all the wisdom says, don't make big expenses in the, the later part of your earning career. Don't go buy the European sports car. Don't go buy the vacation, luxury vacation house. Don't build a house. Well, my spouse and I own a uh, a couple of cottages up on the Thousand Islands, St. Lawrence River, and we are starting a process of tearing one down <laughs> and building a house. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about what the wisdom might say, uh, what, you know, what all of the all of the gurus might say, and then what your values are and what experiences you want to create and what to do when those clash. So do you, do you address that, Paul, or what thoughts do you have about that? Again, you're talking about living consciously into midlife and beyond. And I think, you know, we are making a conscious choice um, to do this. And is it the smartest choice financially? Probably not. But there's a way that it's going to give us an experience in life that we both value. So let's let's unpack that a little bit
1: yeah it's uh, i mean that's a huge huge topic um i i think i like to think about um living consciously using uh, three elements if you like um so it's attention intention action yes. And that came really from the the Conscious Leadership book, uh, really of noticing what's going on, uh, setting intention and acting responsibly. And so the point is that at the beginning of that is um, being attentive to what's going on, what's going on in ourselves, in our lives, in our families and what's going on in the world and then setting a very clear intention and for me the, the description you know you, you were talking about there is uh being very clear in terms of your intention mm-hmm. and I think it's a balance it's mm-hmm. a balance between you know doing the the financially prudent activities but also having fun at the same time <laughs> right. that's not an that's not an easy balance it really isn't um and and it does come back to you, you mentioned values. It really comes back to what our values are. Yeah. Um, you know, I one of my values really is around the ocean and the water in general. But, you know, I I live by the ocean in Florida. When I'm in England, I'm very close to the uh, English Channel. I can see the Straits of the English Channel from from the apartment. So water is important to me. And so I choose to live close to the water, and I've been fortunate to be able to do that. Now, I've I've done that in a way that, uh, you know, my choices I have a nice car, but I don't have the sports car I had in my fifties. I but I I had one then, and I enjoyed it. But it is about getting that balance and, and, and getting, blending the balance with what's important to us. And I think that question of what's important is an important question to ask during this midlife period. You know, what really is important? Is it important that I do have a car or a house or whatever it is? Or is it important that I live in the mountains? Or is it important for me to be close to family you know, it's uh, it's all of those things becoming clear. And so I come back to attention is is being very clear for us as to what's important to us and then setting that intention. Uh, and then once you're clear about that, the actions you take then can be aligned to attention and intention aligned to our values. And it's not, a, not for me to say you should or you shouldn't um, build a house or buy the sports car it's, it's for each of us to think about what's important to us. And then how do we get there? And I think, again, thinking about that middle period of midlife, mm-hmm. we may still have 10, 20 years of, uh, of a career. What am I going to do during that period? Am right. I going to... Plan for the future, uh, and, and for me personally, I in in my fifties, that middle year, I was really busy. I was full time career. I went back to university, did my PhD. I got a coach certification. I went to Africa uh, and spent time in the Serengeti. I mean, it was, a, and I bought the company too young to retire. For me, that period was incredibly busy. Some of that was planned, but a lot of it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So it's really being aware and conscious of what's going on. And where do I want to head? And so for me, that's that's the key of being clear about what's our, what's in our future. Because we don't know. So part of it's living for today while still planning for the future. And I have a phrase in the Conscious Living book about uh, shaping the future as if we'll live forever, oh, but living that. today as if we'll die tomorrow.
0: Oh, that's great. That's really,
1: really powerful. So it's a good power. reminder. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It is. Absolutely.
0: You know, one of the things you have in the book, uh, New Life, Midlife, is something called your conscious living wheel. Uh, mm people think about and gives them a framework for thinking about living consciously at midlife and beyond talk a little bit about that the conscious living wheel
1: yeah yes and, and it came out during the, the writing of the book the the the, uh, the elements of the book sort of emerged and chapters sort of got divided into two and uh, it was it was an interesting journey but the wheel emerged as sort of how do we represent this 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 book in a way that's understandable Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm very much involved with uh, conversations and The Art of Convening by uh, Craig and Patricia Neal. It's a book that I was involved in, gosh, it's a long time ago now, <laughs> uh, but they also they also have a um, the, the convening wheel and uh, and Craig is a, a good friend of mine. He'll be down in Florida in a couple of weeks, and I hope to see him in person. Um, so I, uh, with his permission, stole the model, the picture. Uh, we have slightly different elements, but the idea of the wheel is if there's a if, in coaching there's a wheel of life that yes. most of us are familiar with, and the, the thinking there is that I can assess on each of the spoken. At the wheel, each of the elements: where am I now? Maybe on a scale of one to ten, and where do I want to be? And we then find the gap, and then we work on what the gaps are. So that idea of the wheel is uh, is, is there. And then in terms of the elements of the wheel, some of them we've already talked about. So health, you know, we have the uh, living well, appreciating money. Um, we have a, a chapter on savoring the world and that's really about where do we live and where do we go where do we want to be and where do we want to visit um there's a chapter also in the book on helping humanity as we get into the uh the later stages we have more time and so we can give back And that's a part of it. There are other elements on technology and resilience. And um, as I said earlier on about relationships and creativity. So there are actually 10 elements that go around the outside of the wheel. And the one I haven't mentioned, which is perhaps one of the most important, is that what we call the hub of the wheel, which is about purpose. Mm -hmm. And so the, the first chapter in the book is about purpose exploring purposefully. And if we have a clear purpose uh, that in, in inspires all of the other aspects of the of the wheel, all of the, the 10 elements. So we start with, as Simon Sinek uh, describes in his book and as he speaks about, you start with why. Why am I here? What am, what am I doing here? Uh, that really getting it clear because then we know what's our contribution yeah. Why am I here? Is a great question. What well, gets me up in the morning? Richard Lyder always asks that question. What gets me up in the morning? Yeah. Uh, and so that's important. And then all of the other elements around the outside of the wheel, uh, the other ten elements, are the ta- ten chapters of the book. It's the way it's uh, the way it's structured. And so it's a way. It's a framework uh, that uh, we can look at each of those elements. We're all different. We're all at different stages. So, you know, not all chapters are relevant to all of us at any one time, but some are. And so the idea of the the wheel is that if you're reading the book or talking to us as authors, then there'll be some elements that uh, have more relevance to you at this time
0: yeah yeah for sure and 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 the relevance might change you know uh Mm -hmm. your biggest concern might be more around purpose and contribution until the health crisis arrives and and then you might have a a shift uh you know in in what you're experiencing and what's most important to you in terms of of how you're focusing your attention and your intention in life so i'm sure all of those elements of the wheel in each of those chapters probably apply to most people over the course of midlife, and particularly if you're talking about midlife being from 35 to 75 and beyond, um, we're all going to most likely hit those places. Although so far, knock on wood, I haven't hit any of the health challenges. I'm very grateful for that because we all know that health is everything and caring for our health and our well-being, emotional health, physical health, spiritual health, and well-being are all so, so important to our quality of life. So I, I just love this conversation, you know, the, the whole thought about purpose. You know, I, I think a lot about that. I, I teach a lot of courses on living consciously. And, and one of the things I think about is purpose and mission. I, I, how you're using purpose, I more think about as mission. What is it that gets you up every morning? What's my mission uh, in life? And purpose, I think about is if we're here growing in consciousness, we are fulfilling the purpose of humanity. That's what we're all here for. Um, So I do like to bring that into my conversations that if we're becoming more kind, more loving, more patient, more faith filled, uh, more at peace, moment to moment, day to day. And I really do believe that's kind of why we're here as a human species is to elevate that energy, that vibration in our consciousness and back to some ethereal and divine place. So I love that. And as we move through the different challenges of midlife of the challenges of relationships. You know, a lot of people in midlife go through divorce. My in-laws divorced, you know, after after they kind of raised their kids and they were, they were off and toward the end of their careers. And I know a lot of people go through divorces and financial challenges. Are there any of are there any other midlife challenges that you've seen or that you've written about that we haven't touched on so far?
1: Well, I think there are a couple. Um... I think this whole idea of savoring the world is you know, particularly about where to live. Where, you know, where, <laughs> I live in Florida a lot of the time, so um, there's a lot of people come and retire here. And some people stay. But one of the things that, uh, I mean, I, I have friends here uh, and at the church who uh, are here. Some are snowbirds and some have moved more full time. But they get down here and their family is somewhere else. And all of a sudden, the, the the core of their lives, which is their children and grandchildren, are not close by. And so so many people I, I interact with here spend far too much time flying back and forth from yeah. the, the Florida up to the north uh, where you are so that they can be with their family. And so I think when we think about very consciously, where do we want to live mm-hmm. as we age? Mm-hmm. Then we need to think carefully about that. And then the book really goes through, you know, partly which country, you know, I'm, I'm a dual citizen. I'm a citizen of the United Kingdom and the United States. That's a, a privilege and I appreciate that. But it also gives me a dilemma. Uh, And lots of people have that dilemma of being uh, living in a country they weren't born in. That's quite common. But also with the US is a large place. So we're in different, uh, quite different regions. And so, yeah, thinking ahead as to where do I want to live in geographically, but also uh, in terms of I mean, I love living by the beach. And I start my day walking on the beach. I mean, there's just for me no better way to live consciously than have my walk along the beach in the morning. Walking in nature is really important. Other people love to live in the mountains. Some people like living in the cities. But thinking, thinking about that, consciously thinking about that, is uh, is is really important. So so for me, that's uh that's one of those aspects. I think the big one though is this whole idea of work. Okay working is uh, is changing you know careers are changing you know my my father he was 40 years in the electricity company And then he retired and he lived another 30 years after that. And he said, if I knew I was going to live this long, I may have made some different decisions. But that's not what today's, not many people in today's world have uh, 30, 40 year careers in one company. Some do, but less and less. Most of us now have multiple careers. And so, again, as we go through midlife, what do we want to be doing in the next stage, whatever that stage may be? And many people. Um, I'm into my seventies. I'm quite happy working. I, I work far too hard, really, but I do have the opportunity to go and play tennis, which I did this morning, um, and I do have the opportunity to walk on the beach. But I also have um, multiple activities, like the the university. I have a teaching. I'm teaching a class. I'm writing. I'm coaching. So there's lots of things. But I thought about that a few years ago, uh, and so I think as we. As we're in that middle stage, consciously thinking about where do I want to head? What direction do I want to go in? And it's not an easy answer because there are a lot of factors. We talked about relationships. Relationships are influential in what we do next, whether we continue to work. And many people need to continue to work. I think that's important to remember. Working for a living is very important for many, Um, but also Doing things for others, so I've had the opportunity. Personally, I've had the opportunity to serve on uh, the not-for-profit boards and make a contribution and volunteer. So there's so many things we can do n- more than just playing golf here in Florida, because a lot of people do. Um, I'm not a golfer; it's never appealed to me. I can play tennis, and I love playing tennis, uh, and it's great to be able to play once or twice a week. But I have that blended with all of the other things. So I think working, working for a living, working for fulfillment is, is something for us all to think about in that stage in the middle of life to say, what do I need to do to continue to uh, make a contribution, either both financially and for, uh, in a volunteer way? So th- those are two of the areas that I think are really important.
0: Nice. I love it. And I just want to emphasize with what you've said, I I was just reading a book on longevity. I can't remember now what one it was. I apologize. But uh, some research out of Harvard showed, oh, that's what it was. It was the Harvard Longitudinal Study on on Wellbeing. Uh, It was an 80-year longitudinal study. And it showed that if you boil down all of the factors of uh, longevity into just one thing, it is relationships. Having quality relationships over the lifespan is what has is shown through the Harvard study to increase longevity and health span. Uh, So whether that's relationships, like you said, church or community involvement, volunteering, whether it's just giving, you know, being with your family and cultivating those relationships, playing golf. Although I have to say, Dr. Ward, it's not golf anymore; it's pickleball. Uh
1: (laughs) Of
0: course, pickleball is the new golf. Um, You know, whether it's golf or pickleball or tennis, for me, it's racquetball and basketball. I still play both of those several times a week Um, and pickleball when I can fit it in my schedule. Love that as well. So and it's all community, you know, being with other people, social activities that are also keeping my body fit and strong. For some people, maybe it's it's dance, you know, or martial arts. But being involved in in communities. Notice I'm saying communities. Not just the community of your family, but the community of your spiritual center or your, or, or your church, your temple, the community of your volunteer place that aligns with your values. Like really leaning in and thinking about what relationships are meaningful and how are you con- continuing to cultivate those in midlife and beyond, I think is super, super important.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, there are so many aspects to, to community. Um and and i one of the things that i do is i host conversation circles yeah, uh, which yeah. i used to do in person you know we had um, conversation cafes a few years ago and um partly because i travel a lot and partly because of covid and become uh, because zoom has become so comfortable um i i host conversation circles on zoom and I have a conscious leadership mastermind group that meets once a month uh, that's actually been running for four or five years now. Um, a few people drop off and a few people join, but it's a, it really has become a community. Uh, we have a common interest, but we also have a common interest in each other. You know, and and, in fact, you know, I had it the other day someone wrote and said, "Look, I'm sorry I can't be there next week, but can you record it? I just wanted to keep in touch, and we don't normally record the sessions. We did that one. Um, but I have one that I formed a couple of years ago during Covid, which is actually primarily the US. And I just invited people to uh, to sign up. Mm. And you know, we meet twice a month and we'll pick a topic. And, um, you know, and, and for me, it's about creating the sort of conversation space and but it's a community of people. And this this small group meets on a regular basis. And there is a the community is built up. And one of the things I hope to do with, uh, with midlife, new life is to run my um, mastermind or a conversation circle that, again, gives people the opportunity, yes, to dig into some of the elements that are in the book, but more importantly, to have a conversation. That's what people miss. And I think with, with community, it's an opportunity to give people a space to meet others. And you mentioned about longevity, and there are other studies about isolation and loneliness. So many of the people that come on to the calls that I have live alone. Yes. And and these uh, these conversation circles are a place for people who live alone to be part of a community that they may not have a choice to do. And so many people today, it's increasing the number of people who either by circumstance or choice uh, live on their own. And so, yeah, these communities, whichever whichever they are, communities are essential for, for for well-being
0: absolutely i know in the in the uk and in the us loneliness is being called a new epidemic
1: uh, yes that's right
0: yeah. So, you know, being connected with people is such a central part, and particularly post uh, employment life, um, where perhaps your 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 already fixed social circle with your employment shrinks drastically. And you have to be much more intentional, much more conscious about creating those communities. So Dr. Ward, it's so great to have you here. I know people are going to want to get the book and maybe learn more about you. So say a little bit about where people can find you and get the book.
1: Yes, thank you. Well, from the book, um, it, it is on Amazon, so you'll be able to find it on there, Midlife New Life. Um, and it is a website, midlifenewlife.net. It's .net, not .com, but so Midlife New Life. You can learn a little bit there. Uh, my co-authors, uh, Bios are there, and our contact information is there too, so you can always reach us through there. Uh, for me, you can find uh, my Dr. Paul Ward website, which is perhaps more focused on conscious leadership, and then Too Young to Retire, which is, uh, as I say, the sort of genesis of uh, this whole work. Uh, too Young to Retire.com is the other aspect, and there again we have a, a community, and uh, we have uh, facilitated certification classes. So, thro- mostly through there and of course i'm on social media in various places as well
0: wonderful well congratulations on the new book and the book launch and it's really been delightful having you on the show today thanks for being here with us
1: thank you jackie much appreciated it